Welcome to the Monterey Podcast. For more information, check out our website at montereychurch.com. Holy Spirit, mysterious, present, creative, powerful. And so throughout this series, we have invited you to reflect on a series of questions. Where have you seen the Holy Spirit? Where have you seen the Holy Spirit at work, Uh, perhaps in your life, perhaps in the life of this church? Where do you want to see the Holy Spirit? Where or how is the Holy Spirit moving you? Or perhaps simply writing a prayer, asking God to reveal more to you, more to us about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Those questions are on the walls to each side this morning. Uh, They're on cards Uh, back of the chairs in front of you, these tables here at the front, and we encourage you as we continue this series uh, to engage in responding to those questions. During our time of response each Sunday, uh, you're certainly welcome to come and place those cards on the boards to the front. Uh, There are other ways as well, texting the number that you see on the walls, uh, other ways through social media. Holy Spirit, Mysterious, present, creative, powerful. Uh, As Aaron said at the beginning, this is week number four in a five-part series that we're simply calling Holy Spirit. Uh, We'll wrap up this part next Sunday in which I'm going to invite us to dance. Uh, That invitation from the divine family to uh, to join them in this incredible dance, this incredible relationship. Uh, We'll take a break during December for an Advent series, and then after the first of the year, we're going to continue this conversation and talk about what it means to be a Spirit-led church. Thus far, I've simply tried to lay some foundations. In fact, each lesson has in some respects, built upon the previous lesson. And so if you would indulge me this morning, uh, simply to remind us of the journey we've traveled, let me take just a couple of moments. Week number one, we simply made the affirmation, I believe in the Holy Spirit, which may sound like a strange way to begin, but for many of us growing up, we dismissed the Holy Spirit. And so I think an appropriate beginning place is simply to make that affirmation. The storyline of Scripture is that God desires relationship with us. We were created in the image of God. We were created for relationship with the divine family, but sin broke that relationship. The good news, as Anthony reminded us a moment ago, is that the cross and the resurrection of Jesus brings forgiveness, redemption, reconciliation, salvation, But salvation is not the end. God wants to move in our lives. God desires relationship. And so in that first week, we talked about the sacrifice of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, cleansing the sanctuary, cleansing the temple. That's you and me so that God can move in through the Holy Spirit. I want us to grab hold of that mystery. Here's the way Paul describes it in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. 
And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance, uh, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Grab hold of that truth. Week number two, We talked about the fact that there are numerous words and images that Scripture uses to describe the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. On several occasions, Paul will say, the Spirit of God is a seal, God's stamp of ownership on us, a seal, a deposit, a down payment, guaranteeing our inheritance, guaranteeing our future. Here's the language Paul uses in Ephesians 3. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. We've got so many things pointing us in that direction the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, the promise of his coming, guarantee our future. But Paul and Jesus himself will remind us that when he ascended back to heaven, we were not left alone. We were not left to live life with uncertainty. We were given the Holy Spirit so that we might live with confidence and with boldness, that incredible leverage that the Holy Spirit gives us even when we face some of the toughest moments we could ever imagine. Last week, we took another step in this journey. We challenged one another based on Paul's language in Ephesians 5 to be filled with the Spirit. And again, we've got to see that tension that Scripture creates for us. We are filled with the Spirit of God. We received the gift of the Holy Spirit when we came to Jesus. The Holy Spirit has been poured out in our lives, but now we're also challenged to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with and yet challenged to be filled with. Just as the New Testament will say, you are holy, now be holy. And so two texts we looked at last Sunday, Ephesians 5. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled, an imperative, a a command. Be filled with the Spirit. And then Paul talks about a variety of ways that we can step into that imperative as we engage in life together, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another, out of reverence for Christ. And then what has become one of my favorite texts on the Spirit, 2 Corinthians 3. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces, we contemplate, we reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. And so I said it last week, maybe your response to me was, well, he's kind of saying that to be funny, but I mean this very, very seriously. It is you and me walking up to one another and recognizing the way the Spirit of God continues to transform and to mold us and to be able to look at each other and say, you're more glorious today than you were yesterday. You're more glorious today than you were last week. 
because of the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. My conviction is that the primary work of the Spirit is to transform us more and more into the image of Christ. And so, phrases that Paul will use most often when he talks about the presence and the work of the Spirit are phrases like, we're filled with the Spirit, we're led by the Spirit, we live by the Spirit, we are to keep in step with the Spirit. Let me use another phrase this morning. Last week, be filled with the Spirit. Today, based on what I've just said, let's talk about being led by the Spirit. And I hope this will uh, encourage all of us to anticipate the series after the first of the year when we'll talk about what it means to be a Spirit-led church, what it means to step into the dance that the Spirit of God invites us to join with the, endi- with the entire divine family. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Well, just briefly touching on that this morning. And I want to begin reading one of the texts that I read last Sunday because there's power in simply allowing Scripture to speak truth into our lives. And so this text from Galatians chapter 5, and I want you to listen carefully to every word and every phrase that Paul uses He says, and so I say, I want you to walk or to live by the Spirit. And when you do so, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. In fact, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Then he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, things like sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We died. We have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I think it's so easy for us to step back and say, well, it's just easy. It's just easy to give into our agenda. And sometimes that is in fact the case, to give in to all of those weaknesses of the flesh. And so we look at lives at times that are characterized by sexual immorality and selfish ambition and fits of rage and anger and envy. And when we submit to the flesh in that respect, we quench the work of the Spirit. But stay with me, in contrast, Paul says to be led by the Spirit is to live the kind of life that we could never live on our own. When we are led by the Spirit of God, we have the power, not our power, the power that lives within us. We have the power to say no to temptation. We have the power to say no to sin. In fact, to use Paul's language in Romans chapter 8, we, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, are able to fulfill the righteous requirements of the law, what we could never do on our, lo- on our own. Amen. Paul says, now because of the Spirit of God, we're able to live an entirely new life. So here's the affirmation when we talk about being led by the Spirit. 
to place ourselves in submission to the Spirit of God, to confess Jesus really is Lord of our lives, the promise is the Holy Spirit will lead us into holy living. The Holy Spirit will produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Someone says, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Let's honor that. The Holy Spirit nudged me. Let's honor the direction the Spirit is leading us. The Holy Spirit spoke through my conscience, spoke through people, spoke through events. Let's listen to the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave me specific instructions. Let's not quench the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. But even beyond that kind of language, I'm absolutely convinced again that the beautiful, mysterious work of the Holy Spirit leads us to engage in holy, courageous, bold living where in the midst of the darkness of this world, we live with boldness and with confidence. I am a huge fan of the Christian group, the Christian band Mercy Me. Some of you are as well. Debbie and I had the privilege of hearing them in concert uh, Friday night at the United Spirit Arena. Some of you were there as well. Got a lot of songs that uh, have spoken to me through Mercy Me. Wasn't even aware, probably tells me more than I want to know because they're one of my favorite groups, wasn't even aware of one of the songs that they have written that focuses on the Holy Spirit. And remember, we talked earlier in this series that one reason for some of us that we have so many misconceptions regarding the Holy Spirit is because we grew up reading the words in the King James translation, Holy Ghost, and so it's like it's some, well, yes, the Holy Spirit is mysterious, but it's not just this ghostly sort of thing. It is the Spirit of God living within me. And yet at the same time, the words of mercy me spoke to me Friday night, song simply titled Ghost. There's a ghost. There's a ghost inside of me, not like those drips in old bed sheets saying, trick or treat. No, this is different. Oh, this ghost is different, not one that leaves me scared to death, but one that puts my fears to rest. Oh, holiness, keep haunting me. Oh, you're my hope. You're my peace. And so I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Lead me through the darkness. Lead me through the unknown. Oh, lead me, Holy Ghost. That incredible presence of the Holy Spirit that not only enables us to say no to sin, not only enables us to live a life we can never live on our own, but that leads us through darkness, that leads us through trouble to find peace. And even beyond that, leads us to engage in ministry that we perhaps would have never imagined but the end result is we look more and more like Jesus. You see, the presence of the Holy Spirit causes us to make every decision, hear me, to make every decision in our lives in an entirely different way. You make decisions in step with the Spirit. You make decisions on the basis of what does the Spirit of God lead us to within the kingdom of God. What does this mean for the kingdom of God as a church? We make decisions on the basis of what it means for the kingdom of God, not on the basis of our traditions, not on the basis of what I like or don't like, but on the basis of will this contribute to us honoring the presence of the kingdom of God in our lives. And the reality is for most of us, our problem is that we've not, that we've not come around to laying our agendas before God in that kind of open-ended way. We come with our own agendas. I like the way one writer put it. He says, we give God the choices and we want God to choose rather than saying, God, here I am, completely wide open to you. 
God, here I am. Lead me in the direction you want me to go. And I would submit today again that when we do that, God will lead us in directions that we would have never imagined. I've thought about that a great deal over the last several days as I've participated in several events, as I've watched a variety of things unfold. Uh, Today, for example, or this month, is National Adoption Month. In particular, today is Stand Sunday. Aaron is going to share some more info a bit later regarding that. It's a Sunday where we are encouraged to take a stand for children in foster care and children who are waiting, uh, awaiting adoption. Thought about that Thursday evening as I attended an event, a fundraising event for Family Promise and Sandra Song. Family Promise, which ministers to families with children who are homeless. Sandra Song that works with children who've aged out of the foster system. And I saw the Spirit of God at work as I listened to testimony after testimony of the way God has been at work in their lives. And it's very personal. It's very personal for Debbie and me. Because our oldest son, Benjamin, and his wife, Christina, who have one precious little daughter, six years of age, our granddaughter, but who have longed for other children and have not had the opportunity of having other children themselves, we have watched the Spirit of God at work in their lives, fostering twin boys for almost two years, twin boys that were born on Christmas Day 2017 who have known no parents except Ben and Christina. We've watched that journey unfold as the birth mother refuses to deal with her drug addictions. We have watched and experienced the roller coaster ride they've been on for the last 23 months, a ride they would have never imagined when they got married 17 years ago. But two people who have surrendered their lives and their wills to the Spirit of God, and I say that with incredible gratitude as a father and as a father-in-law. And Lord willing, we will stand by their side in a Dallas courtroom this coming Saturday when official adoption of those two little boys takes place. Led... led by the Spirit of God. I've watched people in this church be transformed in a multitude of ways because they were willing to surrender their agendas and to be led by the Spirit of God to engage in a mission trip that forever changed their lives, to be part of a St. Benedict's team, to teach a children's Bible class, to foster a child. Young people who've been shaped more and more into the image of Christ by experiencing ministry in inner city Los Angeles. I watch brothers and sisters who engage in special needs ministry. I watch the transforming work of God in our recovery ministry led by the Spirit of God. And then even beyond that, with eyes wide open to the work of God in our world, we see the Spirit of God working and leading people in some of the toughest moments imaginable. And just like the Mercy Me song put it, that ghost, that spirit who lives within me, leads me through darkness and brings peace and allows me to see a glimpse of the way God is at work. Christy Kirby's sister, Amy, and Christy is singing on our praise team this morning. 
her sister Amy has been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Prognosis is not good. Family's been told that chemo, radiation will not work. She's on some experimental uh, treatments. Got some good news this week, but still a very, very tough situation. Amy is married, has four children, including Caden. Go ahead and put that up on the screen, if you will. Including Caden, 17 years old. They live in Seminole. Caden is 17 years of age. Several days ago, Christy posted this picture of Caden carrying his mother after a basketball scrimmage. And then she wrote these words, and I share them this morning with her permission. Christy wrote, y'all, this is real life. This is a mom who would do anything to be in the gym and watch her boys play the game he loves. This is a son who just worked his tail off playing in six scrimmages. He saw how tired his mom was and said, I've got you. He didn't care how tired he was. He didn't care how far they had to walk. He carried her. In the scrimmage just before this picture was taken, the coach for Midland Lee, the opposing team in those scrimmages, came over and spoke to Amy. He said he had heard about her, and he wanted to let her know that they would be praying for her. He then had his whole team come over and hug her. As they walked away, he said, there are things that are bigger than basketball. Christy wrote, I wish I knew his name. She's told me since she's found his name and written a note to him. I hope he and his family know how much that meant to all of us. It left us all in tears. Cancer is a beast. It's painful and ugly. But today, it created two of the most beautiful moments I've ever witnessed. Be kind to one another. Teach others how to be kind and that there are bigger things in life than the stuff that occupies most of our attention. Go out and love on people. That's all we truly need. Led by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit that grows in our lives. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Glimpses of the way that God is present even in the toughest moments we can ever imagine. As we said two weeks ago, that guarantee that gives us leverage not to dismiss the tough stuff of life, not to dismiss the unbearable stuff of life, but to recognize even in the toughest moments imaginable, we are not alone. I have a good friend who preaches for a church in Memphis, Tennessee. He's a couple of years older than I am, getting ready to retire, and like all of us in ministry, he's reflecting on the kind of legacy that he leaves after preaching for that church for the last 15 years. Conversation he and I had a few weeks ago, he said, Barry, I want this church. And it's interesting because that church has walked through some of the same transitions we at Monterey have walked through over the last 10 or 15 years. Transitions regarding worship styles, Transitions regarding women's roles. That church has walked through some of the same transitions we've walked through. He said, Barry, I want my legacy. I want this church to be known as an everyday church. And his definition of that is a church that is led by the Spirit of God, that engages people every day, that embraces where the Spirit of God is leading us, that embraces that kind of holy lifestyle. 
Not judged on the basis of all of the decisions we've made regarding worship styles or any number of other things, but based upon our submission to the Spirit of God that leads us to engage in people's lives every day. I want my legacy, he said, to be, this is a church that is an everyday church. And I pray that's the kind of church we want to be. It's that kind of church, church, that really makes a difference in our world. Not that we've crossed all the T's and dotted all the uh, I's, but because we have surrendered to the will of God, surrendered to the Spirit of God. So next Sunday, I'll invite you to dance. For today, may we lay our hearts and our lives completely before our God because we want to be led by the Spirit of God. Let's stand together as we sing.